Before we get started, I wanted to say thank you to today's sponsor, Louie and Leah, a subscription box service for new moms, dads, and babies. Get 20% off your order with the code BABY at Louie, L-O-U-I-S, and Leah, L-E-A, dot com. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 96. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today's chat is with Mary Hazeltine, wife and mother and author of Made for This, The Catholic Mom's Guide to Birth. I absolutely loved this chat with Mary, especially being currently pregnant and able to reflect on the experience of labor and birth in a new way, and I know you're going to love this chat as well. So let's jump right in. Here is my chat with Mary. Well, Mary, why don't you go ahead and start us off then and just tell us a little bit about you and about your family. Sure. I'm Mary Hazeltine. Um, I've been married almost 18 years now to my husband, which feels wow. a very long time. <laughs> I don't feel that old, but um, we have six kids right now, all boys, and we have one son or daughter in eternity. Uh, I have been a uh, birth doula. Well, I started in theology and ministry way back when um, I got my degree in theology, and about eight years ago, um, I became a birth doula, and so I've been doing that off and on for the last eight years, and I've also spent a lot of that time writing and blogging, and that eventually um, turned into a book on, on a Catholic perspective on childbirth. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yes, I love that. So have your has your interest in birth, did that go back to like when you were studying like theology, or does, is that from the early beginning? Is that something you've always been interested in? Well, back in high school, I, my whole plan was to um, get my law degree, become an FBI agent, <laughs> live in a huge city, and never get married. Wow. So, oh, no, I, I wasn't really into, uh, like, I had no plans <laughs> for, for motherhood or marriage or things like that. So, um, but God, you know, broke in, as he does in, in college. And, um, Did you grow up Catholic? Changed things up a bit. I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, great. So then in college yeah, is when so, you kind of, things turned around a little bit. Yeah, just his direction and what he wanted me to do with my life. So I kind of switched gears, I switched colleges, and uh, became a theology major. And, uh, um, but then I ended up uh, finding my vocation in, in marriage, and um, shortly after, well, it, it wasn't until the birth of my first, where it was like, I just realized how transformative that experience was. And I mm. just kind of like, I was so intrigued by how, how much I felt it changed me and just the power of, of the whole process, but, but also just like the spiritual nature of it. Mm. And with each subsequent baby, I just kind of got more and more. Um, I caught the birth bug and kind of just started learning more and more. And it was after my third is when I decided to become a doula and, mm. and, um, and just kind of, God t- took me in that direction. So, I love so yeah, that. now I'm kind of, that's, that's my, my whole thing now is birth and, <laughs> and, and I never would have pictured myself here like 20 years ago, but here wow, I am. Wow. That's wonderful. I love that. So with your first birth, was it, um, did you realize kind of going into it, into the labor and delivery that it was going to be a transformative experience for you or was it not until you actually 
birth to your child where you realized, oh my goodness, this has changed who I am? Uh, it wasn't until till after, I think. Okay. I mean, I knew, I mean, you, I guess you kind of know when you're pregnant, it was obviously that was a huge deal and you knew like there's a baby coming, but like it wasn't until going through that process and I kind of just, I went to a doctor that, that I thought uh, that had been recommended to me and I ended up with a, a, with a beautiful, wonderful home birth with that, wow. with that doctor. And um, yeah, so, and that was just like, it was just, like I said, transformative. Um, mm. I just felt changed. I felt like in that, just different for after, after having that baby and, and um, yeah, so it wasn't something I necessarily expected to happen, right. but it was, um, yeah, it was truly really transformative. I love that. So the decision to do a home birth for your first child, um, was that something uh, that you just ended up with a doctor who was willing to consider that? Is it something that had been on your mind? I was thinking back to kind of my first birth and I was um, probably just out of nervousness. And also we had some other complications, but I just kind of assumed, oh, it's going to be in a hospital and it's going to be this way. Had you been thinking beforehand, you know, this is something I want to try for? No, no it was, oh. honestly, it was kind of coincidence. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the, the, I mean, long story short, the doctor, like, I, I, somebody had recommended this particular doctor to me because he respected NFP and, oh, and yeah. wouldn't give you a hard time about birth control. Right. It's like, okay, I guess I'll go to this guy. And, <laughs> and then we got pregnant. And then I, it was only after we got pregnant that I found out, oh, he, he does home and hospital births. So he kind of was like, okay, well, what, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me about him. So, um, so he it was just kind of just, I don't know, providence that, that yeah. we were kind of led to this doctor and offered this option, which obviously is not the normal route that mo- most women have or, and most women don't even realize it's an option. So right. I just feel blessed that we, he, we had that just kind of thrown into our laps and, and had a low risk pregnancy and everything worked out fine. And, right. Um, yeah. Wow, I love that. So then were all of your subsequent um, labor and deliveries uh, home births? They were not. um, Four out of my six were. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, each one has a different story to it, but uh, I don't know how much you want to get into those personal stories. I'm happy to talk about them. Yeah, well, I'd um, I'd love to hear if there was something, if there were... um, the two that were not, um, what what caused them to be different? Was that a choice on your part, or was it like a little bit more high risk? No. Uh, well, one, the second one ended up being a hospital birth at the same doctor. Okay. Um, he actually stopped. He stopped doing home births like a year or something before he was born. Um, I think it's like malpractice insurance got too high. He just couldn't afford oh, to do both sure. ways anymore. So, yeah. so I just kind of followed him. I didn't really think too much about it. I kind of wish I hadn't because that was crazy fast labor and it would have made sense to stay at home. But, <laughs> um, but it, it worked out fine. It was just a very crazy car ride. But, uh, <laughs> that one, so that one, it, there was no complications. I just, I just kind of followed my doctor because okay. now he was only doing hospital birth. Right. Um, and then with my fifth baby, he flipped breech, surprise oh, breech. So okay. it was a planned home birth, but then we ended up transferring to the hospital okay. in labor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of a crazy one, but so everything did, went well. Good. Did that end up being a vaginal delivery, or did they encourage you to do a C-section, or what did that end up looking it like? It did. It was, it was kind of crazy. Um, it, I, 
we ended up, we were going to the hospital to have the cesarean. Um, but then when I got there, the doctor on call instead, um, I was literally on the table <laughs> getting, getting prepped and, uh, he had me push instead. So wow. <laughs> all of a sudden it was like, yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was like this huge <laughs> sudden crazy shift. And like, I was all like at peace. Okay. This is the way this baby's coming out. I'm going to have yeah. surgery. And I, this is God's plan for this baby. And then she's like, okay, I want you to push. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so <laughs> so it, that one was insane. Oh and, my and goodness. It, it was so funny. Cause I had so much peace throughout the whole thing. It was yeah. just, in one of the most crazy situations, but mm. um, I feel really blessed it had happened the way it did, and that doctor happened to be the one that was on call. And, right. Uh, oh, but yeah, that's that so was, great. That was the most crazy part. Yeah. <laughs> the rest are pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Um, so, as you mentioned, you're a, a doula as well. So, you not only have experienced your own births, but you have been a part of um, many women Um giving birth. Um, I would love to hear just a little bit about what that life looks like for you as a doula. Uh, do you get calls like in the middle of the night and, uh, what, Mm -hmm. what kind of coaching or what do you do beforehand and in the process, all that? Sure. So, so for those who don't know, a doula is, um, it comes from the Greek for, for female servant and a birth doula. There's several types of doulas, but a birth doula is, is somebody who serves a woman in labor and at birth. So, Um, so women hire me and, um, and I only take because of six kids and homeschooling and this crazy life outside of that, (laughs) I take about one ish, one or so clients a month. So I try to spread it out. Um, and yeah, so women hire me and I, we meet several times prenatally and we go over birth plans. We go over what they go over their history. Um, if they've had any other births, we go over what they're hoping for from this birth and. Um, and I provide professional labor and birth support. So it's physical support, emotional support, mental support, spiritual support, whatever they, this particular woman needs in her, whatever situation she's in, um, mm. I'm there. So during, yeah, so I do get calls in the middle of the night. That's, mm-hmm. that's fine. I actually kind of like that because it's easier to plan for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I get called in when, when a woman's in active labor and, and usually there's a lot of, you know, back and forth before then and, and help in, in pregnancy too. And, and in the days leading up to labor, we're in contact a lot. And then I'm called in when she's in active labor and I'm there with her through the birth and then through several hours after. Mm. And then we meet again um, for a postpartum follow-up. And um, Yeah, so it's it's incredible. It's very intense. Mm. It's um, it's beautiful. It's it's an honor. I consider it a huge privilege that, mm. that these mothers are inviting me into this time. But it's also pretty cool when you know that, like, when you're being there, you know, has has helped improve a mother's birth outcome. That's mm. a huge blessing. And I give glory to God that, that, that I can kind of participate and help women in that way. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. I've, I've never had a doula myself, but those who I've spread friends who I've spoken with who have used doulas have said, that it was just so valuable to have a woman who has so much experience in the birth and labor and delivery process and a variety amount, like a variety of experience. So they're able to see, you know, uh, try new things like, oh, this has helped before with some women or, um, you know, identify if something is a little bit off and just because they have just been a part of it so much. Um, 
and yeah, we I'd have a whole lot of tricks up our sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So, did you have a doula for any of your births before you became a doula? Um, not before, no. Oh, okay. Um, after I did. Oh, you did. Okay, so you have a, another doula yeah. that then comes alongside you and uh, through your own. Yeah, yeah. Neat. I love that. Um, so, with everything that's been going on recently with um, the uh, coronavirus and um, I know I got a notification from um, my hospital that said that they actually are, they're still allowing um, one support person with you if you go in for labor and delivery and a doula. And so um, I was curious if you have had, if there, I know, you know, we're just a couple weeks into it now, but has, have there been any repercussions for you or like changes to what the norm is? Yeah, it's been kind of a mess, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's been really challenging, I mean, across the board for everybody, but mm-hmm. um, especially for the, for women who are pregnant right now, my heart is just, just breaking because, like, plans are getting thrown out the window and mm. all these changes for for women. So it, it's very, um, right now, as of, you know, the day we're recording this, um, things are changing so rapidly, but as of right now, like, it, it's very much based on locality. So okay. some, it depends what hospital you're choosing mm. so and, and what state you're in. So some of the states are handing on regulations where you can only have one person with you, um, despite the fact that doulas are supposed to be considered like part of the, the support and birth team. Um, right. Most of the hospitals are, are saying no to doulas and some are even in our state and, and across the country are even saying no partners or fathers, wow. which is like incredibly troubling to, yes. to me and to these poor poor mothers and it's not like it's going against the world health organization's recommendations but oh wow um but everybody i mean i feel for these hospitals and doctors and healthcare workers too because they're scrambling to try to figure out what to do so right. yeah it's had a lot of it's had a lot of repercussions i've i've had to deal with a few moms who are who are you know panicking that that you know what do we do now and i i had one mom where i couldn't go with her to the hospital recently and it was just heartbreaking because mm. the hospital wouldn't allow it and so yeah. I can't we kind of did a virtual doula thing which is yeah. not nearly the same but we did what we could and right. um, yeah but it's oh I'm praying for, for an end to this soon because oh, yeah. it's hard especially on these moms and mm. um yeah yeah, I can't even imagine not having my husband with me during a birth and, oh, yeah. and going into it alone, and it makes birth less safe, and it's just, hmm. it's just not, a, not a great situation. So. Right. Yeah, I, I was yeah. wondering about that, and that makes sense that it depends on kind of the location you're in as well. I know I... Um, yeah. I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know, like, so our local home birth midwives, they're, it's not affecting them at all. They're taking more precautions, obviously. Yes. Um, but but they're allowing, you know, they're allowing doulas and other support people there as well. Mm. And um, we don't have, um, I'm not sure that, about the birth center situations where people are. I think it, it just depends where you are mm-hmm. and what's available. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I'm in a, I'm in an online um birth like due date group and a lot of the women have been talking about potentially switching now to home births just because they feel more with everything that's been going on they feel more comfortable being at home they can be assured that you know the people that they want there can be there um so i thought that was an interesting you know switch that's been been taking place we're yeah um, yeah i'm seeing that we're uh we're due in july and we're hoping to 
I'm I'm with a current I'm with a doctor right now that delivered my last baby, but um after reading your book, actually, I really wanted to try delivering at um, a birth center. <laughs> and I was thinking like, as I was, you know, before I read your book, I was thinking, well, I'll just have to wait for next time because we're already, you know, past 20 weeks. But maybe for the next baby, I'll try and get this figured out. But you talk in your book about really being comfortable with um, with the kind of birth that you want to have and um, just kind of be being empowered so that you're not like something that really resonated with me is for this last birth, I really felt like a patient at the hospital and not so much like this is my birth experience, <laughs> you know? Mm, and I, yeah. I, the women that I've talked to who have delivered at the birth center have said that it was very much like this is my birth experience. And it was even like a very home-like environment. So I'm still hoping to make the switch, but again, with everything that's been going on, they actually, I had called to set up a tour and they said, we can't do tours anymore, but we have virtual tours online and we can send you information. And, um, so I'm grateful for at least that. So I'm, I'm still going to try and I think make the switch. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see how things yeah. go over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's definitely not too late. I mean, I've known women who have switched to 30, 39 weeks. Yeah. along to another provider oh so my goodness wow certainly no yeah yeah well, <laughs> yeah now good. all these women now who are switching too so right so yeah so can you talk a little bit about that um if women who are listening now are pregnant and they don't feel like especially comfortable with the doctor or the situation they've chosen I know you write about this a little bit in your book but my, one of my hesitancies was well, I don't want to like offend everyone by, you know, this is my doctor and the nurses I've been with. And it's all of a sudden I'm like, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, but could you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Like what, what goes into kind of making a decision like that? Sure. Um, yeah. So birth choices are so important because they have such a, an impact on, on the outcome of your birth. And one of the most important um, ones, as you mentioned, is is choosing what provider you're going to use. So there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, knowing your personal circumstances, knowing what's available in your area, there's a lot of prayer and discernment that goes into that and, and knowing what kind of birth you want to have. Um, it's so important to ask questions of your provider and, and, and have time to ask questions if you're only getting like five minutes at an appointment and, and your doctor doesn't know your name, like that's a, that's a, to me is a flag that something's wrong and, um, and you should, should look into that. If a doctor can't give you their statistics or a midwife can't give you their, their outcomes, that's a flag that, that, that something might need to change. Um, you should feel completely comfortable with, with whoever you choose that, that they know what they're doing first of all, and that yeah. they, um, they really respect you as a, as the mother of the baby, as mm. the primary one making the decisions. Mm. Um, as the expert on your own body and your own baby. So yeah. all of those things, um, it's so important from a Catholic perspective too, that, that all of our, that our choices be based on evidence. So it's important that a, a doctor or a midwife is using evidence-based care because mm. we, as Catholics, we love science and we love, you know, yeah. research and um, we want, we want people who will take care of us that, 
this protocol that's based on evidence and not what's just most efficient for them. Because mm. uh, it's part of, you know, treating ourselves and our babies with dignity. Mm. is kind of demanding that we have care providers who um, will treat us in a personal way and in an evidence-based care model sort of way. Um, so that's a huge one. I mean, you need to feel safe with your provider because that's important for your birth experience and you need to, um, if you don't feel safe, that's going to mess up with your, mess your labor too. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're going to have that adrenaline going instead of, you know, the oxytocin flowing. It's mm. going to get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so every woman's, there's so many choices to make in, in birth, but, and every t- woman's choices are going to look different because we're all different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all have different circumstances and different options available to us. Um, but, but these choices do matter and they should be made with, with great care and, and prayer and um, with an under, with the Catholic understanding of, of the dignity of our babies and of our bodies and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and we should be treated with respect. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, it's almost overwhelming for, for new moms how many decisions there are that can be made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go through a lot of those in the book, you know, a lot of the little ones to the huge ones and kind of what choices you do have um, and, and kind of guide, guide you through how, how we can make those um, and give a lot of the evidence behind different options and yeah, so so it's yeah. important to, that we make the best choices we can, and then surrender to God the, the things that we can't change and we can't choose. Yeah, I, I love that so much, and I have found I just loved your book. <laughs> I I, I no, feel like you. I'm going to continue to reference it, and there I just love that it's from a Catholic perspective, and there's so much covered. And I know you say like you know this book can't cover everything, but you just cover so much <laughs> in there. So I'm so grateful for that. Hi friends, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, Louie and Leah. The mission of Louie and Leah is to help better prepare parents from birth to first birthday. As many of you know already, whether you're preparing for the birth of your first child or your seventh, it can always seem overwhelming. So much to think about and prepare for. That's why Eric and Christine, parents of four, began Louie and Leah. Louie and Leah offers subscription boxes that make the perfect gift for parents. With eight boxes to choose from, from birth essentials to baby's first birthday, they even have one for dads, Louie and Leah wants to care for you and your new little one. The birth box, for example, includes a knotted hat, a bamboo nightgown, scratch mittens, muslin swaddle, birth story card, toothbrush, toothpaste, tumbler, socks, mirror, hairband, lip balm, bathroom essentials, and more. (laughs) You could basically just bring this box to the hospital and be all set for labor and delivery. They also offer free ebooks and resources, which are extremely helpful. I've downloaded them myself. One of those is 40 questions to ask about the birthing facility, labor, and baby. Another is a packing checklist, and they also have a checklist of photos to take during the first day with your baby. Louie and Leah is a family-run business that prioritizes being eco-conscious and pro-life. In fact, a dollar from every box sold goes towards pro-life organizations across North America. I love that. Visit louieandlea.com and use the discount code BABY at checkout and save an additional 20% off. That's louie, L-O-U-I-S, and lea, L-E-A, dot com. When you were talking about uh, looking at things kind of from a Catholic perspective, you write early on in the book about how birth 
allows us as women to be able to enter into salvation history and the Paschal mystery. And that was just so beautiful. I loved reading about that. And can you just tell us a little bit um, about what you meant by that? Sure, I'll try to, try to summarize it. Sure, yeah. Believe it. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so as, as Catholics, as Catholic Christians, we have to start with, with the true understanding of the human person. And as human persons, we are integrated body and soul. So what affects the body affects the soul. What affects, affects the soul affects the body. And the two, you know, um, we have to keep them integrated in our understanding and in our practice. So, mm-hmm. um, so we believe in a God who designed us body and soul. And we believe that God intentionally designed our bodies and they're not haphazard. They're not, you know, mm. just throw them together. They weren't an accident. He really right. could have done anything that he wanted. And he chose sex and childbirth mm. for children for new life to come into the world. Mm. Um, so it's, we have to understand that this was very intentional and, um, and I, anybody who's familiar with the theology of the body knows that one of the ways the Catholics view the, view the body is, is that it's, um, a sign of God and that our bodies are meant to speak a language. Mm. So one of the ways that we, we do this, we can ask like, well, why did God design childbirth the way he did? Like, well, it's so weird. <laughs> so <laughs> when we can look at childbirth and ask like, what is this meant to teach us? And we can see so clearly that, um, that our bodies, are, the woman's body, when a mother gives birth, she's literally laying down her life to bring new life into the world. She's offering her very self and even to the point of, of shedding her own blood mm-hmm. so that her child can have life. And how beautiful mm-hmm. is that that she can kind of mimic what Christ did on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Christ himself was the one who, who um, he used the analogy of, of when his hour would come, would be like the, the hours of a, of a woman and having birth pangs, right? Yeah, so, right. So he was the one. I'm just kind of fleshing <laughs> that out a little bit. But yeah. He was the one who, who made that analogy that mm. um, his, his death on the cross and the Paschal mystery would be like a birth. Mm. It would involve suffering. It would involve a laying down of life. It would involve the bodily offering of self mm. to usher new life into the world. So it's just, it's mind-blowing that we then get to, to participate in that mm. as women, like in a unique way to, to just unite ourselves with Christ, with Christ and have, because of his work on the cross, it becomes something redemptive ourselves. Mm. So, yeah. So, I love <laughs> so that. It's no longer just like a, a, you know, it used to be just what people considered, you know, punishment because of the fall was, was you know, childbearing. And, but now it's something redemptive and transformative mm. and we can kind of, we can, be united with Christ and, and help. In fact, the catechism has something amazing. It's this tiny little snippet, and I, I just find it um, just profound. It says that the um, pain and childbearing and toil and the sweat of your brow also embody remedies that limit the damaging effects of sin. Wow! So we as mm. women have this opportunity to to actually limit the effects of sin in the world. Like, wow. for me, that's just yeah. mind-blowing. Like, we, there's so much bad stuff. We see so much evil all around us, and yet we have this opportunity to not just, um, to just, you know, bemoan it, but actually participate in fixing it mm. through Christ and His work. It's all through Him. But right. just what a beautiful concept that we can, we can be a part of uh, fixing 
the world, healing the world that way. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot. <laughs> no, that's a lot great. <laughs> that's so great. I I love that. So when I mean when I have that perspective, that renewed like perspective, I, then I think about this is it's not birth is not just like a thing to get through to get to your baby. <laughs> like it's supposed to be mm-hmm. an experience and an, an opportunity to connect with Christ and that redemptive suffering. I love that. So then in thinking about um, preparing for that event, so if I'm not just like going in thinking like, okay, this is just to get this over with to get the baby, but if I'm actually preparing for the event of my birth, what recommendations do you have for, I know you talk in the book about um, like the different uh, parts of prepping like physically, spiritually, um, you know, our hearts, minds, souls, all that. Could you give us some um, some tips for preparing beforehand? Sure, yeah, there's so much we can do to prepare for birth. Um, like you said, they're like physically prepare our bodies for this huge, you know, one of the greatest physical feats and that we'll ever do is to, to give birth to a child. So there's a lot we can do physically and from, you know, the foods we eat to, to the movements, we make it to, there's lots we can do that way um, that I go into in the book, um, exercises, all that kind of thing. Um, seeing a chiropractor, seeing, you know, different specialists. And um, so there's a lot, of, a lot we can do physically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot we can do mentally to um, kind of assuage the fears that tends to accompany childbirth. And that's kind of been instilled in us from the culture. And mm. um, so mentally we have to learn about birth and that's a huge thing is, in uh, overcoming this fear or the, of the unknown and is learning how your body works, like mm-hmm. learning what birth is, learning what's happening during birth, and then you can work better with it. So, um, so that's a lot of that mental preparation of kind of unlearning the lies we've been told about our bodies through, you know, our upbringing, through cultures or wounds, that our bodies are broken, that our fertility is a disease, you know, mm-hmm. kind of undoing all of that during pregnancy is, is important and that kind of gives you more confidence to go into to birth to have a correct mindset of the body that this is something beautiful and it's good and right. yes it's going to be incredibly difficult but it's also beautiful and my body works well and so yeah, so, so with, that's some, some mental preparation yeah <laughs> with with that I yeah you're just reminding me like in the past with my labor and deliveries I always think of had thought of contraction as contractions as something that I needed to kind of like oh, just fight through and kind of like muscle through (laughs) to get to the point where we're Mm -hmm. delivering the baby. But you talk about just like inviting those and realizing that that is how our body's supposed to work, to be able to open and to allow the child to come out and just really embracing those and knowing that Mm -hmm. it's going to be painful, but just in, um, yeah, just that mental shift I think is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even as a doula in, in my own birth, it's like 90% of birth is, is mental. Mm. <laughs> it really is just trying to, to welcome it, as you said, and, and relax through contractions and, and have a proper understanding, a good, healthy understanding of what's happening. Um, yeah. That's, that's half the battle, I think. Um, so then there's also, you know, emotional preparation, healing wounds that might, that might've come up in our hearts during, you know, from our past that, that birth kind of brings up and mm. childbearing and motherhood can bring up. And then there's a lot of spiritual preparation we can do too. Is like, um, there's, you know, 
increased sacramental life. There's greater devotional life. We can Mm. pray for our baby. We can, you know, as Catholics, we have so much at our disposal, novenas and and the rosary and and, and growing closer to Mary, our mother. Mm. So, yeah, there's there's a lot I give in the book of of different ways to prepare. And like I said before, like this is going to look different for each mother. Everybody's different and every every woman's relationship with God is different. And and even each one of my births in pregnancies has been different in, in how I feel like God calling me to to him and and to use that birth in a, in a different way. So yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot we can do, and it it can be overwhelming. But it's but to just stay close to God and and kind of open ourselves up within each pregnancy to to what God wants to do in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, you talk about in the book about how each, as you're saying, each birth is so different, and um, how each one is kind of like a unique you know, marathon race that of course you have to prepare for, but also like God is, God is in control and he has, you know, the perfect race picked out for you, like what he has, what he has planned for you. And so, um, I wanted to ask you about that because I know, um, sometimes women have like, I mean, all, probably all of us (laughs) have an idea of how it's going to go (laughs) in our heads. And then it might be much, you know, much different than we expected or a totally different kind of birth than we expected. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Like when we, if we get to the point where we realize like, okay, this is way different than I planned on, um, kind of like leaning into that, but then also maybe processing that afterwards, um, that it was Mm -hmm. different than what we had wanted maybe. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of making birth plans. I'm a big fan of, you know, research and making the choices that are best in your situation and, and planning for and praying for a beautiful and holy birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, everybody has to recognize it. And I tell this with my clients too, that there are no guarantees with birth. Mm. It's one of the few things that you can plan everything mm-hmm. that you want, you know, and, and you should, like that's, that's a smart and wise thing to do. Um, but in the end, we can't, we can't micromanage every aspect of our birth. So, um, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity to surrender our wills Mm. to the Lord the way that Mary did, you know, like, you know, just offering our entire selves in our birth and all of our plans. We can make the best plans we have, you know, that we can, but then we have to just surrender it with open hands and Mm. just offer it to him and, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I think would be best for me and my baby, but you know what is best. Mm. And I've done all the, all I can on my end, and now I leave it in your hands. Mm. So, and that, it is so hard, right? Because this is such an intimate, you know, it's very personal, very profound thing that's happening to us and to our babies. Mm. So it's hard to let that go. But, but yeah, it's, it's the only way because in the end, like I said, there's no guarantees. The, the more we, you know, we can't cling to to very specific ideas of how it should be or else, you know, it's, it can be, it can be dangerous for us. So, so giving that ultimate surrender to, to the Lord, um, Mm. and, and making the plans that we can and letting go of what we can't. Um, yeah. So, so processing things afterwards, whether it was an amazing, beautiful, just as you planned type of birth or, or it ended up being traumatic and, and a very difficult experience. I think it's so important for women to to process that birth, and it's it 
so interesting to me how much women love birth stories. Yeah. <laughs> most, I shouldn't say all women, but, but so many of us, you know, you get in a group of moms and you, so often birth stories start to come up because it's such a huge thing that happened to us. So we want to yes. talk about it. And, and it's, it's such funny. an intimate thing and personal thing. So It's funny you should um, say that because when I saw that you had um, all those birth stories at the end of the book, I know you have little clips throughout the book, and then I realized there's birth stories at the end. I actually went and read those first, and then I went back. And, um, just because yeah. I, I do, I love hearing people, different people's birth stories. So anyways, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can talk theory all you want and go to classes all you want, but until you, like, see a woman in labor or hear it from her own words of what it was like for her, yeah. like, that's just, that's just totally different different and been more it just gives you a whole different perspective so right. yeah so so telling our story is I think in a safe setting and when it's appropriate obviously mm-hmm. is really important for helping us process whatever happened whether it was good or whether it was really hard or mm. traumatic like but I would really encourage women to find a safe space to, to, to tell their story because not, not people who are just going to dismiss their what they went yeah. through especially if it was something difficult um, it's it's not helpful to tell a woman like, well, at least your baby's alive or at least your yeah. baby's healthy. Cause that's, that's really not a helpful thing to say to somebody right. who's had a really traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're, you know, they're grateful that their baby is healthy, I'm sure. But if, if the baby is healthy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we have to understand that this woman went through something traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, so just if somebody has had an experience like that, it's, it's helpful to to find people who will be compassionate towards them and not just brush off what they went through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sharing a, the story in a, in a place where that can be received by people lovingly. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest ways. And, and then through prayer, obviously God, God is the divine healer. And he, mm-hmm. um, for those who have had a bad experience or traumatic experience, bringing that to the Lord and, and not brushing it off because we as women, so often we just kind of just, want to downplay our own things like and even tell ourselves well at least I should I should just be grateful this isn't a big deal you know like God knows like it was Mm. a big deal to you and this was something very possibly very difficult that you went through so bring it to him you know Mm. he knows and he loves you and he cares about every hair on your head of course he cares about how your birth went you know so so yeah so I think like I said whether it's um whether it was a wonderful experience, we should glorify God and share that and praise God for that. Or whether it was a, a hard experience, we can process that. And even if, I mean, if in some cases, even counseling can be in order if a woman experienced significant trauma or, or a mm-hmm. poor outcome or something, that is definitely something that many women do. And it is a very valid option for women who have gone through something very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's, it is very important to process those, those experiences. Yeah, that's so great. That's so, so helpful to hear that. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, you talk about in your book, uh, inviting God into your, uh, birth room. So, um, you talk about, um, like bringing some things, um, that might be helpful, um, and so I was wondering if maybe you could just share some of those, um, those ideas for women who might be, uh, preparing for birth now and thinking about like, okay, what am I going to bring into, you know, my labor and delivery? Yeah. So I feel there's dozens of ways I feel like that we can intentionally kind of 
invite the Lord into the birth room. Um, so for some women, that's going to be, um, like I remember for a couple of my, my labors, praying the rosary during labor. And that was beautiful. Like before it got really hard, it was just beautiful. My husband and I prayed the rosary together. Um, for some women, it's playing praise and worship music and being able to pray and use that to not only like relax and help them, you know, get oxytocin flowing is good, good music, things, music that we like helps yeah. that to, to get oxytocin flowing, but it's also a form of prayer, right? <laughs> inviting God in that way. And um, for many women now, um, especially Catholic women, we like to bring intentions with us into to labor, whether it's um, a whole list of intentions and you offer up each contraction for, for one different intention, mm-hmm. or you have one huge intention that's on your heart and you want to offer up your entire birth for that. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of women do that. Um, I know with my clients, I have a whole list of scriptures, so sometimes we'll bring out one or two scriptures that are powerful for them that um, that they want to be, pray with during mm. during their labor and during their birth. Or there's different like affirmations that, that some women hang around the room just to remind them why they're doing this. Mm. Um, there's just so many ways. Yeah. I know, like I just recently started. One client asked for this, and I just so I recently started doing it with with more clients was to bring a bottle of holy water and bless the room. Mm. Like when we go in, so we went into the hospital and we blessed the hospital room and it was just so beautiful. It's like, Oh yeah, we can anoint and bless this room and make it, you know, something holy. Mm. So that was kind of, that was a really cool idea that they had. And I just, so I just started doing that with clients who wanted that done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's just, so many opportunities we have and and each birth is different. You don't have to do all those things, obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but whatever appeals to you or like to a, to a certain mother, it's, it's beautiful to be able to just to do something intentional like that and bring our faith into our birth room because God doesn't like, God wants to be part of all of it, all mm-hmm. of our lives, especially yeah. these most profound moments. So, right. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. lots of, lots of ways. I love that. As I was reading that chapter, I, I started, you know, in, just in my daily prayer time, if there's a scripture or something that kind of speaks to me or something from, you know, a saint's writing that I might be reading, that I'm like, oh my goodness, I just want to remember this for when I'm in labor. I've been taking notes and writing that down. I told my husband, <laughs> we'll just bring that sheet with us because I, I want to have all that that written down. And yeah. um, so I have that it's to so reference. Funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Too, and we can make all the plans we want and then in labor, like everything goes out the window. Right. <laughs> so sometimes, like, yeah. you make all these plans, and that's fine. But then in, when you're in the middle of labor, you find you want something totally different. And that's what right. And yes. then especially at the end of labor, like, as so many women, you know, you know what's funny? Even the, the people I work with that, that don't believe in God mm-hmm. and don't have an active faith life, I always, at the very end, you hear them calling for God. Wow. <laughs> so you hear them saying, oh, God, or, mm. or Jesus, you know, and it's not always yeah. in the most, you know intentionally devout way but <laughs> yeah it's, it's powerful to me that like when you are struggling so much like that's our natural tendency is to reach wow. out to god wow that's, <laughs> so that's true how I do. yeah wow uh, yeah so so that's a prayer that's probably one of the most powerful prayers yeah. isn't it? and that's <laughs> the hardest place to just mm. to say his name to mm. say the name of jesus you know yeah. i love that and yeah you mentioned each being so different and you don't know until you're like in, in the moment, I was talking to someone recently who said she was like totally against water birth. She said, I'm not going to do it. I, I like 
kind of find it weird. I like don't know about the safety of it. But then she said she was laboring in the tub. And then they're like, okay, you know, are you ready? We're getting ready to push. You want to come out? And she's like, no, I'm staying in this tub. (laughs) So I just thought that was so funny. Like something that in her mind, she's like, I definitely don't want that. And like, you don't know exactly how it's going to feel when you're, when you're going through the contractions and even like child to child, it's so different. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's funny just being yeah, open to to what works at the time and yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I love that. So, um well, Mary, that's why it's helpful to have a whole support team around you and and somebody who has like tricks up their sleeve that can can do some of those things yes. and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's great. I'm glad you you thought of that because that feels really good right now." Yes, totally. <laughs> and it's interesting cuz doulas, they I mean, they can do um, home births, birth centers, hospitals, like pretty much C-sections, right? Doulas, I mean, with the coronavirus, we don't know exactly how it'll go, but for the most part, they can be at any of those things. Is that right? Yeah, with, with almost all of it, it depends for cesarean. It depends on the hospital. Okay, okay. <laughs> so sometimes we're not allowed in, sometimes we are. It depends on the, the doctor, the hospital, and the anesthesiologist. So okay. The more women ask for it, though, the more it'll keep changing. Yeah. Because that's an we can really help in those situations as well. Yeah. And oh, it was so interesting reading that women who have doulas present in the room, that there's like a lower risk of like unnecessary C-sections and like certain kinds of complications because, um, because there's another advocate in the room who's experienced birth a lot and um, who can speak for that woman. And, and, you know, when you're going through, labor, there's a lot of things that you thought about beforehand that aren't on the top of your mind because you're, you know, right. working through mm-hmm. the contraction. So to have said that to someone else, um, you know, of course your, your spouse and, um, your provider as well, but to have said that to a doula and kind of walked through that, um, and then have that person be able to be there and be your advocate is so, so special. So that's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me. And I've just so enjoyed this conversation and, and so enjoyed your book. I'm like recommending it to everyone who's pregnant. So oh, thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. So <laughs> thank you. I wish you the I wish you a wonderful, amazing, healthy, holy birth. Thank you so much. So if, if people want to connect with you um, or find out more about your writing or your book or doula services, I'll put the links in the show notes as well. But where do you like to direct people? Sure. My website is just my name, maryhazeltime.com. Okay. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. Um, I think there's links on that page for my Facebook page. And then I have an Instagram okay. account as well. And people can contact me through those things. And yeah. Wonderful. That sounds great. Well, um, I will go ahead and just close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time to be together today. And thank you for um, this blessed conversation. Thank you for all the women who are are listening. I pray, Lord, that you would um, bless especially all those who are pregnant right now, preparing for uh, labor and delivery and making decisions about their birth, that you would give them um, the guidance and support and direct them to uh, the right people they need um, to be supported and encouraged. And um, Jesus, we, we love you and we offer this time to you in your holy name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
friends, you have been listening to Diapers and Disciples. To find out more about the podcast, you can visit diapersanddisciples.com. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Diapers and Disciples. To learn more about supporting the show, visit patreon.com slash diapers and disciples. Thanks so much for listening today. Until next time, God bless.